Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Pen Addict Podcast, your weekly show where we discuss pens, paper and all the analogue tools that we love so dearly. My name is Mike Hurley and I'm joined as always by your host and mine, the cosmonaut of pen aficionados, Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hello sir, how are you? How are you, Mike? I am very well. I am very well. I have a space pen in front of me in case you wouldn't have been able to guess. I figured that. I figured that. But, you know, I did um, – I did. I don't know if you caught my tweet uh, in the in the wee hours of this morning. I did I did find a new dream job title that you could have worked in there. Yeah, see, what was that? Catch that one? I, the, uh, one of my my friend, uh, Patrick Ng, who, does, who, uh, who writes the Scription blog, who is one of my absolute most favorite people in the world. He has the, the coolest stuff before – before uh, everyone else does, um, he he had an interview with a gentleman whose job title um, he referred Patrick referred to this gentleman as a stationary commentator, and I was like, mm-hmm, I think that's uh, my dream job right there. A state <laughs> put Brad Dowdy, stationary commentator. You could <laughs> put that just on say business card. You could just put that on there anyway. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. So I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, but that, hey, I'll take Cosmonaut. That's uh, that's uh, pretty strong as well. Cosmonaut. I don't know if my stomach could uh, handle that as well. A stationary commentator, though. These things they they get us. Never mind. <laughs> so what what's on the docket today? Oh, uh, we got a we have quite a bit of follow up from some things we've talked about in the past two or three episodes um, that I wanted to check in on and you want it to uh to discuss and then we have a short little uh short little topic um that our friend on twitter if you can't tell we're active on twitter and app.net very much we'll give you those names uh later but our friend joe libos uh sent you and i an interesting little uh dinosaur picture and we're going to discuss that kind of weird and odd pins um today and you know i i tracked down some some pretty normal funny pins and i tracked down some really weird stuff so i thought we just you know break it up a little bit you know we've got some good follow-up we'll talk about a lot of our our usual things that we've been covering for a while and then we'll just take a, a short little diversion to talk about some fun fun and funny type of stuff that we that we've never covered on the podcast sounds great brad so where are we going to kick off today i think let's uh let's start off with the follow up of an email I got from a a listener on the uh the platinum fountain pens that we kind of ended on last week where both of us were kind of we didn't really know a whole lot about it yeah i've we've um, had um a bunch of i've had a bunch of tweets uh, this week from people um saying that they were actually quite popular in the u k in the eighties um they were a big brand then um mm-hmm. and they used um they were used in schools and and things like that and and um I've had some people as well also contact me and said that they've tried them out or they've got them on the way. and um, So, yeah, I, they are on my list. I mean, they're, they're on my mental list. I've not yet transferred it to the pen list, but I'm going to do that right now. Yeah, I think it's it just kind of looking at it. I think it's one of those things that happened where the brand had been around since, you know, the, the early, mid-1900s and then just kind of petered out towards the end of the century and it's kind of getting a refresh now as you can tell i mean both you and i just all of a sudden started seeing these platinum pins when we hadn't really seen them before and it's just kind of it looks like it's a brand refresh refresh um Kaweco did kind of the same thing back many years ago where they were a long existing respected brand and then just kind of had a down period for you know 10 or 20 years before they got a refresh and a, a kind of a reboot of the line 
So this 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 pen's interesting because a, a lot of people that, like you said, we got a lot of feedback just on that little that little blurb of us saying, yeah, we really don't know a lot about this, and we got a lot of feedback. Um, most of them calling you uh, uh, a youngster, yeah. <laughs> which I, I quite enjoyed those those comments. Yeah, because obviously uh, they're like we mentioned they were a UK brand, so mm-hmm. the fact that I wasn't aware of them was telling of my age because they were used <laughs> in the eighties in schools. Exactly, and then I got an email um, uh, from a reader name or a listener named Hugh, and let me uh, let me just read a little bit of it because he 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 delved into uh, some of the the whys of of why platinum exists and uh, why it's popular and what things it's used for. So let me read this real quick. It said, "Hi Brad, on your most recent podcast, I heard you ask for info on the English platinum pens. I learned and know of them as a, as the writing instrument of choice that handwriting and italic script master Lloyd Reynolds used in the classes he taught at Reed College." In the instructional TV shows he broadcast via a local station, Mr. Reynolds is seen using a nicely wet and easy-flowing B4 italic nib in his maroon and also brown vintage platinum fountain pen. In one of his earliest shows, he mentions the brand by name. Um, and then Hugh mentions that you can find – he will put these links in the show notes. You can find more information and some instructional material in Mr. Ren- and even watch Mr. Reynolds' TV shows from the Reese College website – Hugh goes on to say, I'm studying Mr. Reynolds' teachings through both this TV show, his TV show recordings and the textbook he used for his classes in the TV shows. Hope this helps fill in some of the information on platinum with some interesting history. So I thought that was cool to kind of have, have someone who had been there and done that, if you will. You know, he kind of he grew up with it or and is now revisiting, you know, learning about um, you know, handwriting from this Mr. Reynolds gentleman who uh, who was a, a, apparently a platinum fan and a uh, and a professor, um, and I think that's pretty cool. I guess he had some TV shows where he was uh, showing off his handwriting and how to write in italics and, and things like that. So that was uh, that's the kind of feedback that blows my mind when we do a show like this, right? Yeah, just <laughs> it's, those little bits, those little nuggets of information. Yeah, that that someone a listener like you would take the time and and send Mike and I this type of information. Just um, we really really appreciate these kind of things because you know I wouldn't have I wouldn't have dug this up on my own. Um, you know I looked through the history of platinum, but to really have this anecdotal type of of email saying you know I've used that, and, you know I'm I'm follow it, I'm a fan of this, and it's it's really cool. So we we definitely appreciate that kind of feedback, and it was a. An educational experience as always, and uh, that's that's what it's all about. A lot of times, I'm on their website at the moment, trying like Plat- Platinum's website, trying to find the pronunciation. They don't have it on their website, from what I can see. So last night, I had the same question when I was putting together the show notes: What is the correct pronunciation? And yeah, you know, I did just some Google searches. I ended up on a post on. Uh, Fountain Pen Network was really the only thing I could come up with, um, and it was pretty much a fight over whether it's just supposed to be platinum, and that was already kind of taken, and you just pronounce it with a silent G, and the other option was platignum, which is really hard to say, even though you see it, it just it doesn't roll off off the tongue. You want to call it platinum. But um, it's the emphasis seems to be on the tig on that second syllable there, as best as I could find. But I wouldn't profess that to be accurate. It was not on on Platinum's website. I can tell you that because I dug through there. Um, it's not a it's a nice website. It's not a very deep 
website. No. So that, I, I it, there also thought no... um, potentially it could be platinum. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be stretching it a bit too far, but I think platinum sounds better than platinum. That's not a good brand name. Right. Um, although platinum is not easy to spell by vocalizing, but they've been around for a very, very long time. Well, maybe I can email Hugh back, or if Hugh's listening, since he's uh, heard uh, Mr. Reynolds mention the brand by name, he can uh, tell us how it was pronounced. That's a good idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be good. Mm-hmm. Or if anybody else like who has used them, you know, we've had a bunch of people that have used them, but obviously we have not heard them say it. We've just seen mm-hmm. them type it. So if anybody has... You know, not just an idea, but like some sort of information as to why it's called such and such way. We'd love to, we'd love to know. I guess the amount that we're talking about these, one of us has got to get one, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 on the radar. It's not it's not near the top of my list, to be honest with you. Right now, I got a lot of other things I want, but it's only uh, you can the just the base level pins are about twenty five dollars. So I'll I'll get one eventually. I'm not going to rush out and get one. You'd think that I should be able to come buy one quite easily, though, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, and I, I think it's part of just this whole reset of the brand. They're probably just not pushed in, in the normal places you might run across them, you know, on a on a daily basis. But I bet, you know, maybe by the end of the year, you'll start seeing them more. Yeah, I'm looking at the where to buy to see if there's, I don't know, find out where to buy. It's just a contact form. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. no good. I just yeah, like I was it. saying, it's not a fully fleshed out, deep website. It's got no. minimal information. And they have British quotes on there, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So um, is that all we've got on Pl- Platinum? Yes, yes, that is it. So I have some, some follow-up myself uh, this week. Okay. So I've got a couple of purchases have arrived. Um, I was a bit bummed out last week. I was having a bad day. And I said on Twitter that there's only one thing that can that can there was only one thing that could change my mood that day and that was to go and buy a new pen. And I was on the lookout for something very specific. I was going to go look for a Lamy A L Star. Is it A L Star? Is it Al yeah. Star? I mean I, I call it A L Star just because Al Star sounds stupid and it doesn't have a second L to make it all star, but I mean it's it's A L for aluminum, right? Or yeah, aluminium. Exactly. Aluminium. aluminium. <laughs> Um, so so that's, I, I call it AL Star just for that yeah. purposes. There's there's another one. This we've talked about this in a few episodes. You know, we read and see all these things and have these personal conversations in our head about what some of this, how to pronounce some of these things. And then when you have to say them out loud for the first time, you're like, is that really correct? Is that accurate? So yeah, I go with AL Star, but I'm uh, willing to be uh, to be dissuaded from that because the because Quaco have the AL Sport, don't they? Right. Also an aluminum pen. Which so. I think is all sport because <laughs> that just sounds like it would be. Yeah. But anyway. But you then go with that. All star though, isn't it? All sports and all star. I mean, they're, they're terms that people use. So. Anyway, so I've got an AL star. I went and picked one up. Um, it's re- relatively cheap, you know. Um, in, in a, I went and picked it up like in a physical store. And I bought the... Um, I guess it's silver. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't. I found out through later looking at these that there aren't actually many different um, colors of the AL Star. They have like a graphite um, aluminium body, which is why I've got a red and a blue. Uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of it. I think there might be a black one as well, but there aren't many um, colors of this at all. 
that I've been able to find when searching around online. And it's the Safari that then has the many, many, many colors because they're kind of the same pen, right? Right, yeah, same overall design, different uh, barrel materials. So I have some observations. Um, the, the Lamy logo is kind of stamped into the aluminium and I don't think it looks as good as the way it's stamped into the Safari. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they can't stamp it deep because it's thin aluminium. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that kind of leaves it to me looking a little peculiar. Like it hasn't been correct. It hasn't been fully stamped. It kind of looks a bit stressed. Gotcha. Uh, and that's just because of the, obviously the machining process. The pen is nice and light. The aluminium's got a nice texture to it, so it feels nice in the hand. Um, and it's as light as a Safari, which is excellent considering you know. Day is obviously made of metal, but I know aluminium is very light anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, so we are. You know, you've mentioned the nibs are the same, um, pretty much. But I found yes. that this has taken a lot more breaking in than the Safaris that I've previously owned. Okay, how so? What what nib size? Uh, medium, yeah. Okay, uh, it just hasn't initially hasn't been as smooth and it's been a bit shaky at points. Um, still good, but. N- I was taken aback that it wasn't perfect initially, um, as I've always found Lamy pens to be. I've owned about three or four Safaris, um, and it, so, it surprised me. So you went with the stock ink cartridge blue? Yes. Medium nib. You think Is it writing kind of, uh, it's like drier and, and skipping, just not Yeah, skipping, um, and at points um, was quite scratchy and felt maybe more like a fine than medium. Huh. Um, it has kind of, after giving it some some pressure, um, seems to have opened the nib up a little. Okay. Um, and it's now writing more like the, the Safari. Because I was testing the Safari that I have and the All-Star against each other to sort of see the way that they feel. And the All-Star is definitely... Um, Harder to it was harder to write with. It has got better. I've been using it for a few days, um, and, it, and the situation has improved. But it just I thought it was worth mentioning. But it could yeah, just so that, be a one-off. Yeah, that sounds like it's pretty noticeable, though. It was. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed initially, but um, it's it's come into its own again, and I'm happy. Yes, I think I've got um, three safaris, a Vista, which uses the same nib, and a Nex. Lamy Next, which uses the same nib, and they're all. I haven't had any noticeable issues with any of those nibs, and I think I've got EF, F, and M nibs, so three different sizes. Um, I've definitely never had them, none of my Lamy's write dry or really skip. They're not, you know, the smoothest nib on the page. You know, there's a little bit of feedback on there, but I've never not had a consistent line with them and they always, you know, fast starters and, and smooth riders. And, you know, they put down a, um, a good bit of ink on the page compared to some other pens. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. So maybe it'll, maybe it'll just, uh, maybe it'll work itself out, but yeah, I'm not sure. The next always intrigues me. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty good. I, I go back and forth on that one. I liked it a lot when I got it. And then, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was something. I don't know what about it made me stop using it. I just like, oh, I just maybe I went back to the Safari like it a little bit better. But um, I like the 
barrel. I don't like the cap a lot. It's a little bit of a larger size cap. It doesn't make the pin unbalanced when you post the cap or anything like that. It's just a little bit larger visually. Maybe so that's what didn't appeal to me. Um, but the grip is nice because it's it's the same, you know, built in, you know, grip design with the, you know, the notches where your fingers go, but it's a rubber based grip instead of just, you know, built into the plastic, like on the Safari and AL star. Um, so I do like that. And the barrel is probably the same uh, aluminum as the, the AL star, just a little bit different design. Um, it's a, it's a good pen. I mean, it's, it's definitely worth having one. Um, that's not one like the Safari where, you know, if a new cool color comes out, I wouldn't rush out and get it. Um, but it's, it's definitely worth having one. And, and I keep a handful of fountain pens uninked and I'm always picking that one up going, you know, I really should ink this one up and, and use it again. Cause it, it's, it's interesting enough, but I've never just fallen head over heels with it. The, uh, Vista that you mentioned, I think that was the first Lamy that I owned. I didn't know it like, cause I didn't really pay attention to the name then now looking at it because it's the clear one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah it's, I, this, I it's essentially the Safari, but it's clear. Yeah, I've owned one of those. It's peculiar that they broke that out into its own product. I, I thought that was very odd, too. It's, it would, you would think it would just be called the Safari and just be, you know, the... The clear one. Translucent, yeah, the clear Safari. But Like, if they yeah. only had one color, like if the Safari was green and that was all, then mm-hmm. you would kind of, okay, they name every color or whatever. Yep. But it was just, it's very peculiar to me that they... I didn't know that. Yeah, I refer to it as my Safari Vista all the time, but that's not really the actual name of it. It's just the Vista. That's kind of what it is, though. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, it really... I mean, where the AL Star is like the Safari Aluminium, right? Mm-hmm. But it is a, a product line. There are different colors. But the Vista, or the Vista, however you say, I don't, you know... Um, the, the Vista is very much um, just a Safari with clear plastic. Just hasn't yep. been painted. Exactly. Very peculiar. Very peculiar indeed. Well, I hope the, hope the All Star works out for you because that's a cool pen. That's actually one pen I do not, one fountain pen I do not have. I have that in a rollerball. I think it's the same color as yours, but I, I never use it because I hate that refill. There you go. <laughs> so, um, also, I had a patent leather package arrive today that I've been waiting on for some time, and I was actually concerned it was never going to arrive. Um, and that is my Field Notes. So, my Field Notes Expedition Edition and my Field Notes Space Pen. Nice. They have both arrived today. Now, you have the Expedition. You did not have the Space Pen because you already have a Space Pen. Correct. Correct. Yes, I thought so. Um, so, yes, so the Expedition edition has arrived um i did probably what everybody else did tried to rip it so um i opened the expedition notebooks tried to rip them and was pleasantly surprised at how tough the paper is um so yeah for the expedition edition for anybody that doesn't know um is the really really strong paper um, of the field notes so this is the we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago didn't we brad yeah yeah and it's essentially uh it's essentially plastic paper if you will mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of it's interesting as the, the notebooks have a funny smell to them yeah they do um which is not normal basically a lot of this 
is not normal for field notes. The uh, front covers feel weird because obviously they're using the same paper. What's the name of the paper, Brad? Oh, you put me on the spot. I want to call it UGO, <laughs> but it's not. Uh, UPO, UPO synthetic yeah. paper. See, I was close. You were very close. Yeah, so the the cover, the covers, yeah, I think they are made of the same stuff. So mm-hmm. they feel yes. weird because you're used to the kind of textured card. So that's weird. And kind of when I picked it up, I was like, these, these feel cheaper because of it. Yeah, I, I, I can see that in a way they do. Um, but the paper is very impressive um, in that I can't rip it. No, nope, I'm trying right now. And all it's doing is just sort of creasing and folding. Right. Like I can't, it won't. No, it's impossible. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> For me, it's impossible. Anyway, I'm, I'm not. Being, I'm not able to just rip one page here very, very easily. Light it on fire real quick. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. I'm sure that. I'm sure that. I'm sure nothing will go wrong. But yeah, see, the funny thing is, like, you sort of open the book and you, and there is a strange plastic smell. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that's not as 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 um. I don't know. It's not as nice as usual, you know, because you right. just don't usually get that in any way. But right. um. The the space pen comes in a nice little package. So it's in a clear plastic box and you open it and the space pen is held in place by a foam, um, grey foam, which is um, made to look like the moon. So there are like divots and stuff in the foam. I don't know if this yep. is a usual thing for space pen packaging. It is. It is. It's like little craters of the moon. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the space pen itself is actually a very nice pen. Um, it it's a really good pen. I'm a, I'm a I'm a big proponent of the space pen. So it's nice and light, and it feels extremely strong. It's got good weighting. Um, it's a sort of what I really like about this pen is that I can comfortably put the cap on. Now most uh, regular listeners will know that I do not like to put caps on my pens, but because the pen is so heavily weighted in the actual barrel and the pen itself. The cap is just hollow, hollow plastic or whatever material it is this is made out of. So when you put the cap on the end of the pen, it gives the pen a good size, which is a sort of regular pen size, uh, but doesn't add any weight whatsoever. So it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like... It just feels like this is part of the pen barrel and the weight distribution is good. Um, on the, I actually love the way um, it writes on, that pa- on this paper. Right, because it's very smooth. Now, obviously, most as most people may, any sort of pen aficionado would have worked out that I would obviously would like smooth writing experiences because of the types of pen sizes that I get. So I typically like fountain pens and go for broads and mediums, um, and then you know get like point sevens and point fives in gel pens and stuff. Like you know, because I like um, good ink flow, and for the for it to to just to to float across the page without without uh, any scratching and little friction. So the ballpoint on this plastic paper is very very comfortable indeed. Yeah, it it writes well, really really well, and um, like I commented um, originally, there's it's clear why they released this pen at the time they released this paper. Exactly. Because they want these things to go hand in hand because you, your options are really limited otherwise. So I haven't tried this yet, but, uh, Pat, Brad, 
You can yeah. be Pat if you want to. Um, Hello, Michael. <laughs> that is uh, Brad's Patrick Rowan impression <laughs> of the Enough podcast and seventy decibels. It was good. It was very good. So Thank I you. now have the Lamy Ale Star in my hand, and I have in front of me the Field Notes Expedition. All right. Do you need a drum roll? I'd, maybe. I'm going to see what happens here. <laughs> okay, so it feels very comfortable, but so it's nice to write with, but I feel like none of the ink is being kept on the page. So I'm now going to... I've written down hello there. Oh, dear. Well, <laughs> um, I, I just smudged it, and basically there's no word left. So it turns... What happens is... So you have letters, and they look pretty, and they look wet. They're obviously not going to dry. So when you run your finger across it, there's there's no more lettering. It turns it into like a black block or whatever ink color you have in there, blue. I will put a, a picture in our show notes of um, how that has turned out. So yeah, if you didn't if you didn't smear it, it would probably still be wet tomorrow. Yeah, it's a shame because you are just writing on plastic, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I, you'll get a lot more use out of your space pen than you will your expedition editions, unless you're traveling to the Antarctic. Very true, which I don't plan to. You sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, dear. Poor, I'm poor. Just... Lammy. Uh, it didn't need that treatment in the notebook. Yeah. <laughs> what a shame. But yeah, in, in the end and and we've you know I've covered it on on the blog, you know, if you're if you have your field notes expedition edition, um hybrid ballpoint inks work great in it, you know, your jet streams and your acroballs and space pens, not a hybrid, but you know, traditional ballpoint and hybrid ballpoint inks and is what you want to stick with for that and um don't even bother with with anything else it's even even pencil pencil's fine it smears though um the ballpoints hold up pretty well in this paper and that's what they're made for you know they it's this is not a knock on field notes they made this for a very specific purpose yeah if this was how they made the books they would not be as popular um as they are yes and there's these these are a, I mean, th- these these are a standard book now, though, aren't they? This is going to be a stock edition. Yes, this will. They will continue to make this. This is not a limited edition. But as they did, they did allude to the fact that the price might go up, which makes sense. I think that was it. Because um, it is probably um, will be more expensive for them to make them or to stock them to keep them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I would expect. I would absolutely expect it. Yeah, and that cost will probably increase over time. Um, yeah, so uh, they will be added to my now growing field notes collection. Um, yeah, and now I will probably never use them. But I like, <laughs> I, know. I like that I have them. I mean, we are inherently, I believe, I personally believe that all stationary aficionados are inherently collectors um, because we wouldn't buy more than one pen at a time if we weren't amassing some sort of collection because the average human being will take one pen and they will use it until it dries out or they lose it. We do not do that. We are collectors. Um, So my Field Notes Expedition Edition will be added to my notebook collection. I think that's a very accurate statement. And uh, do you remember last last week we were talking about um, some resolutions and I said about how I'm going to use more notebooks? Mm-hmm. I have already done that. 
So um, I, I, I believe I mentioned this. So um, that I was coming to the end of my Rodia, my work Rodia journal, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I wanted to buy another one, but instead I've used one of the Moleskines, Moleskines that I have mm. on my uh, shelf here because rather than me just um, buying another one, I need to use up what I've actually got. Right. So I did that. Right, I think we should take a quick uh, break because we're actually running quite long. We're at half an hour already today. Yeah, so yeah, which is good. That's kind of how I uh, anticipated this episode would go. We had more follow-up than we do uh, a major topic. So, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, do our advertiser and then uh, we'll – I really only have probably a few minutes left to talk about, but uh, it should be fun and kind of kind of funny to talk about the few things I have. Excellent. I've seen the notes and it's, it's going to be a – going to be a good second topic today i'm i'm sure of that so i would like to take a quick break to thank our sponsor this week and of course that is those fine folks over at squarespace.com who give you everything you need to make an amazing website squarespace is a fully hosted completely managed environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful website blog or portfolio it doesn't matter how experienced you are when it comes to building websites you can put something amazing together in minutes you don't have to worry about hosting, scaling, um, integration with social services like Twitter and Facebook. You don't have to worry about getting a designer. You don't have to worry about finding a geeky friend who can help you fix something when, when it all goes wrong. You don't need to worry about secondary analytics projects or finding an app in the App Store to post to your blog. All of those things are built into the Squarespace package. So let me break those down for you very quickly. Hosting. So Squarespace comes with rock-solid hosting built right in my sites never go down um, doesn't matter who links to them sites never start out they're always really fast scaling same thing doesn't matter how many people come to visit my site doesn't mean if they all come at once you never even notice it because it, it the squarespace site loads just as fast if there's one person on it or a thousand people on it. it does not make a difference at all Integration with social services. So you can have Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Flickr. You can have all of those feeds display on your page using Layout Engine. You can add these blocks in so you can have them all displayed as well as like text and other um, photos, videos and other media content. So you can have all your status updates and stuff posted there. Or every time you post to your site, you can have it tweet out or post to Facebook and things like that for you. You don't need to worry about designers. They have fantastic templates that are built right in uh, to Squarespace. They feature responsive web design. They're really stunning. They have 24-7 award-winning customer support. They all respond in minutes. They have fantastic iOS and Android apps that allow you to post on the go and view your built-in um, analytics and statistics that are built right into Squarespace. You can view them from the app and you can view them on the website too. Everything you need. I want you to go and try all this out. Go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels and you can start your free trial. This also helps support us so Squarespace will know you found out about them through us. If you want to sign up for a plan after this point, and I'm sure you will, Squarespace starts at $10 a month for the standard plan and $20 a month for an unlimited plan. If you sign up for a year, you will automatically get 20% off and if you sign up for two years, you'll get 25% off that price. If you decide to purchase, make sure you click enter on offer code below the pricing information at checkout and use the code 70decibels1. Again, that also helps to support us as well as the free trial, but it gives you an additional 10% off on top of your first order. So if you 
pay for a month to month, you'll get 10% off the first month. If you pay upfront for a year or two, you'll get another 10% off. So it'll be 30 and 35% off the price, which is an absolute bargain. So go check out Squarespace now. They give you everything you need to make an amazing website. There we go. So, Mr. Dowdy. Sir. Oh, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> I... I you know, I hit mute sometimes so I can take a take a drink and, and refresh. Um, <laughs> I forgot to come out of the mute that time. <laughs> I know, because this is what I heard. Uh. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I kind of surprised myself there. Sorry, Sorry about that. The Do first time worry. for everything. I, I try to be pretty good with that. But you know, you, you know why uh, it was so long coming out of that mute? Go on. I was looking at this stupid dinosaur pen. <laughs> okay, tell us about the stupid dinosaur pen. This, this dinosaur pen, this was sent in by uh, Mr. Lebo. I'm correct in saying this? Yes, yes. And uh, he, he sent it along to us and, then, and also, I believe, suggested this, uh, this topic that we have here. Yeah, so while you were reading, I was reading about the dinosaur pen and I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about it. It's Tyrannosaurus pen. Tyrannosaurus pen. I don't know. I don't even know what the. I don't know if Joe just sent it to us out of the blue. He's or he, you. Had, you had been on a dinosaur kick recently. I think is what I it am. was. Yeah. I am. And um. Uh, and Joe said, "Hey, you know, you need one of these. Basically, and it's this cool little. It's actually a pretty neat little pen. It's a Tyrannosaurus Rex, just a little model of a Tyrannosaurus Rex, like you keep on your desk or something. You know, like." You know, someone would keep, you know, Star Wars figures or whatever. You know, people keep different tchotchkes on their desk. It looks just like a little, you know, three or four inch figure, but the the dinosaur's tail pulls off and it's a pen. So I thought that was pretty cool. And that's like, you know, Mike, Mike definitely needs one of these. I'm pretty sure <laughs> but, I do. Uh, but then Joe said, uh, w- once we started laughing about it on Twitter, he goes, well, there you go. There's a show topic for you. And I was like, you know what? I think I'll do it. So, you know, this isn't a uh, a realm I have much experience in. So I went digging around the Internet and um, you can find all kinds of weird things. Um, I found a lot of things that I expected to find, like um, Lego pins. You know, I see those in stores. Um, I keep one to get my son, you know, like one of the Star Wars Lego pins or, you know, I've linked to a Star Wars lightsaber pin. I mean, those are kind of no brainers uh, for for a pin. But I mean, they're they're not exactly cheap. And I know my son will lose it. So I haven't gone there yet. But I have looked at those type of things like, uh, you know, the the Ninja Go Lego retractable pin is pretty cool. The little it's got a little Lego body with a ninja head and the ballpoint pen kind of pops out um, from his head. You know, those kind of things. I I haven't bought any yet, but I, I have seen this type of stuff before. Um, and then like the Angry Bird pen, you know, my kids are into Angry Birds. And they, uh, this is in the show notes, and they did a good job with this Angry Bird pen. But the fatal flaw is the birds don't shoot from the slingshot. I mean, that's that's part of being a kid and going to class and, you know, getting your rubber band and shooting your paper clips or your spitballs across the room. And they have these birds tied into the slingshots. They don't actually fire. So I was kind of disappointed in that one. Um, I think we've probably all uh, modified our own Angry Birds <laughs> pens when we were in elementary school and, and, and things like that. I was hoping when I saw this link to just see like a, a, a wooden um – slingshot looking thing you know like a full slingshot mm-hmm. I there is i think I, you know I, I think i did run across one and i forgot to link it but i think there is a pen that was um just a standard like a wide full like a full size you know handheld slingshot pen 
And uh, I, I missed grabbing that link, but I think they do make them. Hmm. I mean, that's that would have been perfect for me in uh, elementary school. I found but one that's like a pencil, which I'll put in the show notes, which does look silly enough. <laughs> <laughs> one of the ones I like the most, which I hadn't seen before, which in looking at it now makes complete logical sense, is the unicorn pencil sharpener. I mean, that, that thing is sweet. Let me go and look it's, at this uh, thing. So I've not opened any of the links. Yeah, there's one you definitely shouldn't open, but this one you can open. <laughs> you know, it's just your regular white unicorn head, and, you know, it's got the pencil the pencil sticking out where the unicorn's horn would go. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. My daughter would get a kick out of that. Um, you know, she's at the age where, you know, unicorns and rainbows are would be right up her alley. If I saw that before Christmas time, I probably would have ordered that because it's, it's pretty funny. Um, so I found those are the things that you would kind of, you know, you could probably assume, you know, you'd find those type of things. Um, then there's a couple other things that, you know, when Joe mentioned this topic, the first, there was one thing that popped into my head because I had some conversation with someone right when I started the pen attic blog, um, years ago, and that was about floaty pens. Now, if I say floaty pen, you looked at it now, but did you know what I meant originally when I said floaty pen, Mike? When you called it a floaty pen, no. But um, I do actually know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is... you go, go on, t- tell people. Yeah, it's essentially a pen, and it's a used... It's not a standard pen that you'd find at a store. It's more used as a marketing tool um, or, you know, for products, for tourist areas, for things like that. And it's basically a ballpoint pen where the bottom half is the pen barrel and the top half is usually a clear um, liquid filled compartment. Like on the back side of the compartment will have like the advertisement or, you know, the hotel name or a palm tree. And you can turn the pen upside down and things move in that floaty section. So, you know, if you have a, you know, a palm tree, you know, a coconut could be at the, at the top of the pen. Then it fall, at, then when you hold it down to right, the coconut, you know, like falls out of the tree and falls down to the bottom of the pen. A lot of them were made at the time were like nudie pens where you know yeah you held the pen in one direction the girl was in her bathing suit and then you put it in the writing position and she would disrobe um if you will so those are the the types of pens but there's apparently there's a huge i won't say huge but there's a big there's people that collect these like religiously you know have hundreds you know it's like if you go on a trip, someone brings you back a T-shirt, you know, these people are getting floaty pens from everywhere. And I, there's a link I put in the um, in the show notes for floatypens.org. If you want to see some crazy, crazy stuff, click on the links in this, in this website. And it is just – it's amazing how many different things that they have captured over the years. And they have some old ones. I mean, they have – everything you can think of it's fascinating you'll get you can get lost in this website for an hour or two but you know we've all probably seen them just hanging around at someone's house or your grandparents house you've you've stumbled everyone's probably stumbled across a floaty pen at some point in time but the quantity and diversity of what they have in these pens is just fascinating and um 
yeah, you can you can lose a lot of time bouncing around floatypins.org. But uh that was the when when Joe said you need to do a, a show on on weird and interesting pins, this was the the first thing that popped into my mind. Yeah, I think you, our, our, as a kid I remember there being one at home which was a ship in some, like just it would just sort of float up and down so it was like swimming yeah i think the ship ones are hugely popular for obvious reasons i mean the the boats look good and the i don't know if it's water in there or what the the solution is in there but yeah the the ship you know sailing back and forth you know across your pen is uh would capture your mind for hours i'm sure it's funny to see the ones that have the sense a sense of logo over them <laughs> and and there's one from um, the red light district in Amsterdam. It says too saucy for this page. The red curtain floats to reveal two peep shows. Very naughty. And it's Uh-oh. got a censored. <laughs> yeah. So that that was pretty good. So y'all take a look at this site, and um, it, it's it's kind of mind boggling. Everything that they have on this site is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So I I knew what I was getting into with floaty pens. And then when I started searching for more, let me see what other things I can find that are weird or interesting. I ran across a really creepy pen and I don't know if you've opened this link yet. I've just opened it now. So there was a pen a guy made a few years ago. You know, you hear in movies and in, or just in general conversation or, you know, I guess just from historic times or, or, or other things, you know, where people joke about or, you know, signing their name in blood, you know, as like a pact and, and things like that um, for <laughs> different reasons that we'll never know. But this pen, this guy created a pen that essentially, <laughs> I won't say it, it uses your blood in a pen nib. So there's like a two part, contraption here there's like a syringe of blood that fills a nib pen and you write with this nib pen and you're writing in your own blood and I've, i saw this i was like that is just really really messed up but i, I had to link it because i was kind of taken aback by it i was like i can't believe one i hadn't seen this before and two that it actually exists it's a terrifying contraption there's all these gears and and little things and then there's the needle which drips the blood it's disgusting yeah it's a very large mechanical contraption looking thing but it's essentially think of it kind of like a, a fountain pen dip pen nib with a a syringe and it, it made me think it you know one of my sidebar real quick and I, I put this actually in the show notes because it reminded me of it but one of my favorite movies all t- of all time is a movie called Control and I, I'm a big music fan, and this is about this is a story about Joy Division and Ian Curtis. And there's a, a part in the movie where um, the uh, Tony Wilson owns a record company called Factory Records, which was huge back in the uh, 70s and 80s in, in Britain. And he wanted to sign Joy Division so badly, he basically told the band that he would sign his name in blood on their contract. And that's what made me think about it. There's a scene in the movie where he's passed out from from actually signing his name and blood on the on the contract and um that made me think uh this this pen would have come in a lot handy for uh, him instead of uh having to drink more orange juice i guess but uh i assume that's true well, I yeah assume yeah, yeah i actually that it is i mean he's he's done inter- tony wilson's done interviews where he said that 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 is a true true story um about about signing joy division that he did sign his name and blood so 
It's a great, yeah. great film. Yeah, that's, really great that's, movie. I watch it. I don't know, five, six, seven times a year. I watch it all the time. That's that's one of my favorites. It's probably top two or three movie for me. It's a black and white. Black and white movie. Yeah, really well done. Anton Corbin shot it, and I got to know. Anton Corbin's work. I'm a huge Morrissey fan, and he was he was a rock and roll photographer basically for years before he got into to movies. And I I didn't always enjoyed his Morrissey photography. And he's he shot some of the most famous people in the world. And he's gotten into movies later, um, and does really it's a real visual, very simplistic, beautiful style. And this one was in black and white. He did a fantastic job. So anyway, I know that's a complete side sidebar there, but. Um, that's something I really, really enjoy, and uh, I watch that movie all the time. Um, and then I think I saved the best one for last. You know, we'll we'll end it on a high note after the after the blood pen. And I think probably some people have seen this before because um, I, I think I've actually linked it on my website before. But there got to be a review this this happens with other products on Amazon where people will find a weird or funny product and then just really go crazy in the review section you know almost like making up these complete novel length fiction stories about these products and one that got a lot of press back when it happened was Bic came out Bic has a product called Bic Crystal for her ball pen <laughs> so you're you're just asking for trouble when you come out with a product like that and name it like that. And I forget the count right now. I don't know if you're on the page, but it's already got like 850 maybe reviews on it. And it's people just coming in and just basically telling these fascinating <laughs> made up stories. And I copied the I copied the uh, the most uh, highly rated rated story. I'll read it real quick for those who. You can go and read all these 800 and something reviews later on your own time, but I'll read this one. This is from Tracy for her big crystal for her ball pen. She says, someone has answered my gentle prayers and finally designed a pen that I can use all month long. I use it when I'm swimming, riding a horse, walking on the beach, and doing yoga. It's comfortable, leak-proof, non-slip, and it makes me feel so feminine and pretty. Since I've begun using these pens, men have found me more attractive and approachable. It has given me soft skin and manageable hair, and it has really given me the self-esteem I needed to start a book club and flirt with the bag boy at my local market. My drawings of kittens and ponies have improved, and now that I'm writing my last name hyphenated with the Robert Pattinson's last name, I really believe he may someday marry me. I'm positively giddy. Those smart men in marketing have come up with a pen that my lady parts can really identify with. <laughs> and this is this goes on for pages and pages, you know, eight hundred times over, and it is just hilarious. I mean, I I remember seeing this when it came out, and I was just dying laughing. And it's just one of those things that kind of takes on a life of its own. I guess is what I was trying to say earlier. You know, like with um, some of the other funny products, you see people talking about like horse head masks and three wolf t-shirts and and all those other pop culture type things this this for some reason this uh big crystal uh, pin on amazon really st- struck a nerve with people and uh, they've kind of gone off the deep end on that and i think i've kind of gone off the deep end on this show mike that i want to read just the second the second most popular <laughs> okay. review okay so the title is 
an ide- ideal for a variety of feminine writing tasks. I love Bit Crystal for her. The delicate shape and pretty pastel colours make it perfect for writing recipe cards, checks to my psychologist, I'm seeing him for a case of the hysterics, and tracking my monthly cycle. Obviously, I don't use it for vulgar endeavours like math or filling out a voter application, but Bit Crystal for her is a lovely little writing utensil all the same. Ask your husband for some extra pocket money so you can buy one today. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. They're excellent. They're really great because obviously, obviously they are mocking um, Bic for their ridiculousness in yeah. sending women back to the Dark Ages. Oh, there's images as well. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. So, you, can, you know, people can up, upload their own images yeah, I didn't even look at that. So there's a few. There's one of Eve handing one to Adam. Um, there's one of Rosie the Riveter <laughs> um, holding the pen. Yep. Um, there's one which is a lady's hand with butterfly plasters all over it um, and a little cut on her hand saying, I found the packaging difficult. <laughs> and then there's one of just, there's just one picture of just unicorns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like the Rosie the Riveter one. They did a good job there. Yeah, it's really great. That's funny. Too funny. I didn't. I missed that. That's really good. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we'll we'll end it on that note. We could uh, we could you know new podcast idea, Mike, where we just read uh, the Big Crystal reviews, um, and we'll just have a the Big Big Crystal review podcast, and we'll read like the the we'll read ten every week, and that'll last us a few years. <laughs> yeah, eight hundred eight hundred and five current reviews. And I'm sure it goes up all the time. <laughs> Okay, buddy. So people can find you online. They can go to penaddict.com. Um, they can find you on Twitter. You are Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, and D-O-W-D-Y on app.net. I'm iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. You can get in touch with us. You can email brad at thepenaddict at gmail.com, or you can go to 70decibels.com forward slash contact and fill out the contact form. We love um, getting your um, topic suggestions feedback um, we love to hear what you're using um, all sorts um, it's what we enjoy it's one of the things that we love the most about the show so thank you very much for listening to this week's episode i am mike and he is brad and until next time bye-bye bye-bye <laughs>